All right, welcome to Miller and Drixie's pod, baby. This is numero eight, the Ocho. Yeah. Miller and Drixie's the Ocho. We were, uh, well, I was out of town last week, so we didn't do it last week. Uh, today, we are going straight audio. No video today. Uh, not our fault. Uh, IT guy apparently let the PC burn up, so uh, <laughs> we couldn't start it today, but uh, it's good because uh, we probably look better off camera than we do on camera. Uh, our guest today, we have Mr. John Conley. Welcome to the pod, baby. Yes. Great Thank to you have guys. you here. It's great to be here. This is going to be fun. This guy, uh, if you read the post that we put on, I can't say it verbatim, but he's very passionate in golf, has played many, many great courses, has a passion in golf course layouts, all that good stuff. And he'll talk about that uh, as we get going here. I do want to talk about, you know, I was gone. So past 10 days, I've been on the road. First yeah. thing that we talked about, we went to Vegas, okay? Which is fine. I didn't play golf there. And it was my sister's 21st birthday. But I literally flew back to Minnesota for about a day and then flew back down to San Diego. And uh, didn't feel the greatest on Thursday, backwise. It was painful, not stiff. So I didn't, didn't play too well. And then all of a sudden, Friday comes around. We play... Uh, Torrey Pines North on Thursday. Let me tell you a story about this. We get on the plane, and the pilot goes, I don't care where your bags go. We got to get in the air now. <laughs> He's like, sit down. We need to get out of here because that's when the storms came in. We left at like 6 p.m. or whatever. So we leave. We get there. Then we come to find out the other four of us, so there's eight of us total, the other four of us don't leave till later that night, oh, and no. they get canceled. So they completely missed Tory North. There was only four of us playing that day. They get in late afternoon after they their whole day has just been shot. Okay. So the next day, Friday, we played at Madeiras down there. Have you heard you heard of that? I've there? played Madeiras. You were in Poway, California. Oh yeah. Loved Madeiras. It's a great golf course. And um actually everything kind of loosened up. And I think that was my downfall because I thought I could let her rip a little bit more. And I hit some bombs, boy. Some absolute monsters. Um, but Saturday paid for it. Couldn't barely move. If I wasn't playing south that day on Saturday, I probably would have not even played. It right. was so bad. Just couldn't move. Couldn't move. Couldn't. I mean, I literally was just like bunting it. And every time I tried to bunt it, then you get like this little hooky thing. It was just, it was god awful. I was in so much pain. I couldn't do anything about it. And uh, it's very depressing for me because it looks like I need to be done for a while to the near future. Oh, I guess you're wearing a pink skirt for the rest of the summer. And that's where it comes down to our match that we talked about in episode seven. You don't want to play us anyway. I do want to play you. <laughs> and I will do everything to expedite this, this process. I think I got to be done for the spring, but that doesn't mean I have to be done for the summer. So hopefully we can get back. Get back at it, get back. To, but it was a good thing Friday to know that I still had it when the back doesn't hurt. Right. It isn't completely stiff. But it saddens me because golf is a passion of mine. And even in my brain, my brain's going, 
like today's Wednesday, my brain's going, oh, just go play nine. Just go in the get in the skins game for nine holes. That's how my brain works. It's like you're you're like completely incapacitated, but just go out there and swing a club some more. You know, can you hurt it any worse? Yep. But that's how obsessed I am and how obsessive this game can be. And uh, John, you know all about that. I'm guessing as you you hand me this uh, PGA Championship. What is this little pool, little prize pool? Yeah, for the last couple of years. So I don't know. Starting in 2020, I started running a majors pool and it's 100 percent payout which makes it i think legal in every state so yeah. you pick some guys and see how they do and total up their prize money and what's different about some of those where it's pick one from column a b c d is really the world's your oyster you can pick anything from the menu that you want you have 30 points to spend and uh number one in the world right now scotty chef is 10 Damn. And if you don't take him, you can take a bunch of guys in his place. And it's been a lot of fun. So I think I had uh, just shy of 80 entries for the Masters. And usually it tails off. Masters is the one everybody's most excited for. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in oh, for, yeah, sure. for sure. It's Ven- crazy. Venmo? Yeah, it's it's all Venmo. Venmo Sweet. in, Venmo out. And uh, I've got very detailed rules, which I didn't give you, but uh, it's grown to the point that I'm handling a lot of money that's not mine for temporarily for about a week. Yeah. And there needs to be some some really, you know, nice guardrails around it. So uh, 100% transparency. You can see everybody's entry posted online and you can see mine. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a good pull. So, yeah, that's what I handed you. PGA Championship, Southern Hills, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it starts. And the first group's an interesting one. The first one out's Y.E. Yang, John Daly, and Sean McKeel. I wonder if there's going to be be some heaters in that group. Probably a couple of heaters in that group. Other than, yeah, I don't know. Does Y.E. smoke? I don't know. I don't know either. But Tiger Woods is at a great value of one point. That's on a, this list. That's amazing. I'm picking them. Yeah, so th- this is that's something, actually, I, I was getting some text messages while we were starting here from a gentleman down in Texas, and I, I drew the formula from, I drew the format from him. I used mm-hmm. to work with him, and he ran the pool, and he no longer does it. So when I stepped up and included him on the distribution list after not seeing him in 15 years, he, he and his wife, they're all in. Uh, so what you do is you look at the world rank, and then there's a certain number of points that guys have earned Got it. and that's what drives the formula and tiger hasn't played enough the last two years to have much uh, street cred in the official world golf rank and as a result he's a strong value pick and you know i'm not the huge huge tyler tiger fan that some people are but with 30 points to spend i did put him on my sheet for this week i think it's uh something where i wouldn't want to miss out if he had a good week because it doesn't really eat into your money you know scotty Scheffler, on the other hand you know, do you put one third of your stack on a guy that's right. really riding the hot hand? But aside from the last two months, has had very little uh, success in, you know, major championships. So that's why it's fun. And uh, yeah, you guys are more than welcome to get in. And uh, if anybody else wants in over time, I do it for all the majors. So we got June U.S. Open, July British. Let's go. There's a lot of great value on here. You know, Max Hama's at three. You have um, Ryan Palmer at two, which he's coming off of a, a pretty hot tournament uh, last week. Um, Let me give you a guy here, Keith, coming off a win. If if um, if I updated the table, he'd be two points, but his win came this last past week, so he's only yeah. one point. Sam Horsfield, three-time winner in the Euro Tour. 
grew up in Orlando, but his parents were British and he always plays out of Europe. So he's a Euro tour guy, but Sam Horsfield at one point, huge value, great guy to look at. And, uh, my, my eyes are on Horsefield this week. Gosh, even like Tommy Fleetwood is two. Really? And you could just pick as many as you want up to 30 points. points, Yeah. Sounds like, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, and there's guys that aren't listed here. Um, there, there's uh, 20 club pros, and, I, and yeah. I don't put what are the irrelevant past champions on there, and it's kind of weird. Do you know who finished fourth last year? Phil Mickelson won. Who finished fourth? Got him into the got him into the um, Masters. Xander Pat, Patty Harrington finished oh, fourth. Oh, really? Iowa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, long time since he'd been relevant on the big stage of a major. But had a fourth place finish, so he wasn't the only uh, player off the senior tour that had a good week in Kiowa. Speaking of senior tour, did you see the qualifying at senior or the senior open qualifying with JB? Which one? The one in Minnesota? Johnson. Yeah, I went up there. You did. I watched. I watched a couple playoff. Remember, I told you I played Onika Rich. No, I didn't catch a playoff. I was gone by then. Dang, he's a. I played with him a whole bunch. He's a great dude. The guy who got second. Who's that? JB Johnson. Oh, really? So four players in a field of, I don't know, 60, 80 guys broke 76. The course was playing tough. A little bit of win. Where did they play at? Played at Delwood, and they didn't give them much off the tee. So they're playing all of it. And I tell you, there's a big difference. The the senior open qualifiers, so you're 50 and older. There's a big difference. So a lot of the field's 60 years old, let's say. Yeah. You know, club pros, big reputation guys. It's just a lot of difference between how far guys hit it at, at 60, 55, 60 years old, and let's say 20 to 30 years old. Yeah. You know, they just had the U.S. Open qualifiers, and didn't matter that they played in the wind on a long course at Windsong. They had no trouble getting around. But guys were really struggling out there the little bit I watched. It was just it was a lot at of golf Delwood, course. Huh? Delwood played yeah. tough. What was the yardage? Well, you know, I'm not saying they played, you know, one foot in the rough back every tee, but they, they had to be close to seven. Okay. But That's on that be. course, I mean, it's a lot of trees and pretty tight, isn't it? No, no, it's not tight. No. Uh, a lot of rough. But, a lot of rough, yeah. You know, the, the, the thing is, it, it's uh, the qualifier to get into the U.S. Senior Open, and they did identify the right guys. Most people that had teed it up there would have no business going head-to-head with Gene Sowers and, you know, Steve Stricker. You know, yeah. most guys just, just shouldn't be out there. Uh, and they won't because they won't be able to get through the qualifier. But scores were high. So, yeah, that uh, friend of yours yep. had uh, one of 374s. Two over. Yep. Wow. And Mario Tiziani, who won the state senior open last year, he was 77. You know, he's a great player. And, you know, he's three shots higher than that. Give you an idea how hard it plays. 74 is a great score that day. Yeah. Wow. So they. So they go from here, then they go to like a regional, and then or what happens then? No, so the the uh, senior open, he's that's in. That's, okay, there. That's why there's only two spots. That is straight in. That's Got so it. awesome for him. He's, yeah, that's pretty cool. He's a. Where are they playing the senior open this year? You know, I don't know. It was Omaha last year. I'll, I'll think of it. He uh, he plays golf every day. Well, I think you have to. He, I think he just comes stay loose. from some <laughs> cash. Ish, I think I the story is so he he plays golf every day, every day. Yep, and he's a very good amateur. Like he's he's won some, you know, MPGA events. 
Uh, let, me, let me skip ahead. Let me skip yeah. ahead. We're going to talk about golf courses in the region today. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the senior open next year? See if you guys even know this. I have no idea. Is it in Minnesota? Close. Oh, no idea. Century World. Where's that? Uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So just okay. a short car right away. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember. Last year was Omaha. Next year it's local-ish. And, um, yeah, we'll have to look it up. Yeah. So just, where so where is that in Wisconsin? Just over the over no Stevens Stevens Point. Uh, let's see. Do you know where Wisconsin Rapids is? Or Sand Valley is? Oh yeah, yeah. It's close to that. Okay. So hmm. they they've got uh, the home of the Century Insurance. Yep. And they built a golf course designed by Robert Trent Jones Jr. who who did in town here Edinburgh. Okay. So similar vintage client, you know, but. They have one of the most photographed holes in the world. Really? The flower hole. Oh. It, it just shows, I guess, things have changed. Uh, it may not be, you know, number 12, Augusta, and the flower hole were always the most. From the tee to the green, they plant flowers. So you have to hit over flowers. So that was kind of what the oh, course was known cool. for. So <laughs> they still plant the flowers, but obviously it's not as recognizable. That was right. ubiquitous in every golf magazine 20, 30, 40, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Also, it's 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 still a pretty old course, not pretty new course. But they built it for It's a championship golf course. They've, wow. they've held big events there. Okay. But the U.S. senior, uh, you know, probably – by far the the biggest and brings into a lot of questions the infra, you know the infrastructure where the players stay and you know that, that puts a lot of stress on an area because Stevens Point is not a big populated area so I think right. that'll be a big storyline next year is how it's going really uh, supporting you know a daily fee course in a smaller town in the country and that's kind of one of the things that we'll talk about today is really like the Big Tent like. There's room for a lot of different types of, of golf courses because people have different tastes. And you played a daily fee course this past week that hosted the U.S. Open. Yeah. And that's pretty cool, right? It's a municipal golf course owned yeah. by the city. That's what I know. And it, and I don't want this to sound rude or anything, but when you play north, you're like, at the end of the day, it's a muni, you know, and you could use that as a four-letter word if you want. Yeah. But the north courses, they keep the greens rock hard, so they don't have to fix as much. I mean, it's it is what it is. Yeah. The south course is a lot better condition, I'd say, on the greens. The views are constantly, you know, at right. every green were were really good. Um, but the like I said, the north course is just like if you went to Como, just with better views. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to put it put it much that far, but um, yeah, I mean, it just it's like a zoo out there. I mean, there's not a lot of etiquette on the North Course, you know, as much as there was on the South. And they're on the same property, which is crazy. And But it's like two different animals out there. And North always is used every year on the PGA Tour because the first two rounds, they put one round on each. So, yeah. you know, that that's a course that is used by golfers at the absolute highest level. Which is interesting. I mean, they play so much different. Which is which would just I think would be driving me bonkers playing in that tournament if they played like that because North was fast and firm and the uh, South was fast and you know soft. I mean it, it received golf balls a lot better. You didn't have to land it ten yards short just to hold the green. I mean I threw a pitching wedge straight up in the air and landed it right next to the pin and it was in the back of the green and yeah. the green wasn't sloping to the back. 
it was just that rock hard right. on the north course. But I wonder if they do that because it gets a lot more traffic maybe and they just don't want to, you know, I was thinking that it didn't make much of ball marks. You know, what was the price difference? Big. Really? Like $120 difference. Wow. Between the two. What, what does it cost to play south now just for, you know, South normal, was 265 265 Yeah. That's before cart. Wow. And then the cart's 45 I'm not Whatever. working that one. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that walked it. I, really? was, I was surprised. And the guys wanted to walk it, too. And I'm like, Ixnay on the Aquay. You know, because I'm not doing that. Yeah. Was, but is there caddies? There's not. You can give them 48-hour notice. If, uh, I think, no, no caddies. I'm sorry. That was for Medeiros. It's 48-hour notice. Got it. Which, Medeiros, which is interesting, they say you can have a caddy, but they also tell you you can't walk it. Oh, so someone four-catting. Yeah, it had, to, it had to be just a four-catting. Just right on the back, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it. It had to be something like that, kind of yeah. like when, um, well, I mean, it, when I played uh, Scottsdale at the stadium course, we had a four caddy, you know, it was it was required. Um, but you could also have a, a single caddy loop for you, I guess, there. Hmm. But, yeah, Medeiros was like, I heard him say at the front, yeah, you can't walk this course, and yet you can get a caddy. So, yeah, it had to be a four caddy thing. I think when you look at... Golf in general, you know, we're talking about infrastructure and, and places where you're going to play golf. You know, when you look at golf compared to other sports, you know, there's not a lot of other sports that are going to, you know, you bring it other than, you know, you hold Super Bowls and Pro Bowls and World Series and all that good stuff. To, to get into a small town, just to bring an event into what you're talking about over in Wisconsin, I mean, you're not having a Super Bowl or a World Series or even like any type of pro event in a small town like that, maybe for one game when they do, you know, out, outdoor hockey or something like that. But what is kind of your take on that, John, you know, golf compared to these other sports, not only in infrastructure, but also in just the, the complete layout of tournaments and such? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks. The first thing for me is that golf is unique. I don't want to say it's the only one, but you look at other sports and the field doesn't change. So People want to do a tour of all the major league ballparks or they want to see where all the soccer matches are played in the Premier League. But the field itself, you know, outfield might have a little different wall, but, you know, 90 foot base paths and same size goal in soccer. But golf's different because it's the actual field that changes, not the surroundings. Right. So that's unique among the sports that I follow surfing, rock climbing, maybe motorsports, you could say are the same. But there aren't there aren't a lot of sports that people follow where the venue changes. So that's that's the first thing that I think is cool. The second thing, and you're you're a good example of this, is you can play where the pros play. You played a U.S. Open course. It's actually a pretty famous U.S. Open because of Tiger Woods, Rocco Media, Bad Leg. You know, this is one that that goes down in the annals of history. And you're playing the same place. And, you know, the three of us are not going to hit balls at center court in Wimbledon. We're just not. You know, it ain't happening. And, you know, we're not going to be able to go shoot free throws and play a pickup game where Madison, the Timberwolves. Madison, Madison Square Garden. It ain't happening, yeah. right? Not so happening, yeah. golf's totally different in that regard. And, you know, I think the other thing that makes it, it different is the venue is actually memorable. If you talk about a great game, and we've had some people were talking about the overtime games the other night in hockey. It was just a great night for NHL hockey, but it was the game that was memorable, not the venue. Right. And and golf's different because of the venue. And and you know, people travel to bird watch, people travel to go on garden tours in different parts, and the the venues are memorable. 
and golf's the same. You you have a memorable chip in on 17, 1982 U.S. Open, Tom Watson out of the rough because he's a couple feet from the ocean and he's buried in grass. And it's actually the venue that's memorable. And that doesn't happen in other sports. It just doesn't, you know. So for me, that's that's why when people will say, wow, you know, you really like golf courses. Yeah, you know, it's totally different than any other sport. And it's that's that's just kind of what starts the discussion for me is the venues really make the game more interesting than it would be. Think about tennis. If we played, you know, the same layout, there's a standard golf layout. How many people would love it as much as they do? I think the number drops. Oh, significantly. Right. Speaking of memorable moments on golf courses, uh, particularly Torrey Pines South, we're on, I think it's maybe 16, uh, par four. There's a cliff to the left. And a buddy of mine on the trip, and we won't mention any names to keep him anonymous because this is hilarious. And it'll be funny in about a week to him. But uh, hits a ball, goes straight left into the OB. He gets frustrated because he's had a frustrating day. Yeah, the course is eating him up at that point. And he goes to throw his driver down the fairway. It sticks to his left hand and bye-bye off the cliff. <laughs> God. So if you could see the other people like in the group, because we had two groups back to back. I didn't even go look because I knew it was Gonzo. This other guy walks up. You can see he sent a text because he has this little tracker on his phone that tells him like the steps he takes. And he posts a, a picture of the thing, and I, I might put it uh, on the page or even like in this in this uh, um, on the headline on yeah. the audio. You can see where he walks, looks down, says, "Nope, we're not getting that." Walks back, you couldn't even see it. I mean, just down the cliff, gone. And <laughs> it'll never, it'll always be there. It'll always be at Torrey Pines South. I don't think oh, anybody's ever going to find it. That's an expensive toss for me. Oh, it is an expensive day. For the for the people that maybe aren't as familiar with the golf course, the visual I have here is something that, that's a big brank, as I recall, yeah, Torrey exactly. Pines, right? So so the visual maybe for, for our listening audience is, if you remember where in uh, the most recent season of Cobra Kai, Daniel Sun had to go down and get the get the bonsai tree okay, that yeah, was yeah, planted yeah. on the side of the hill. I mean, that's where the driver is. It's, oh, basically, yeah. The driver's where the bonsai tree yeah. is. You you would have to tie off and literally get through cacti <laughs> and all these other prickly things to even sniff where the driver is because it was just going dead left. It was awesome. But that's where I think about like that. That will always be a story that I'll have in my mind. When you look oh, at golf boy. courses and stories around that, I'm sure you got some good ones. What, what are some that like come to mind for you for courses that you've played and stories that you have with it. Yeah, that's another thing about the passion I have for golf courses is every course has a story. There wasn't a golf course there, and then there was, and there's a lot that happened. So one of the most prominent around the Twin Cities is a gentleman couldn't get into a private club at Stillwater, which has always had a very full membership, and he wasn't allowed access. So he said, I'm going to build a course, and next door you have Oakland, 27 holes. So, you know, he showed them. He built a golf course. So that's that's a, an example of, a, you know, pretty high profile. But, you know, I've got some fun ones for you. There was a executive with 3M for 40 years, and he had a job and a membership at one of the nicest private clubs in the Twin Cities. So he had a place to play, but he got dragged into a project and uh, became his passion to put a golf course on top of a ski hill. Mm. And it's the one down at Mount Frontenac. 
And in owning that, he took on a leadership role, became the head of the the president or whatever, the, the head of the National Golf Course Owners Association. Huh. And if you go there today, the ski hill is gone. The, I mean, the hill's yeah. still there, but the skiing's no longer. Yeah. And the golf course is still there. So, you know, someone that, you know, just thought, oh, let me do this, didn't need to, really distracted him from, from his uh, day job. But uh, wound up being a passion for him and led a trade organization, you know, for all the owners across the country. So Mount Frontenac's got a fun history. Wild Marsh is a real fun history. The golf course was built called Buffalo Run. Yeah. I didn't live here at the time. People didn't really care for it, I guess, because it was kind of plowed under and redone. They brought in a, a name architect, Graham Marsh, a lot of successes, a professional golfer, won the U.S. Senior Open that we just talked about. Uh, most of his designs are in Australia, but he has a couple, uh, Prairie Club and Sutton Bay in, in the Dakotas area. So they brought him in and redid the golf course. So, you know, just... Think about that. We built the golf course, yeah. but shortly thereafter, we don't like it. Let's replace it. And if you haven't played the Wild Marsh, it's, it's terrific. Yeah, our buddy it's is, is an ownership group that bought that. So I just played it not too long ago yeah, to I, review it. I'd never played it. And I played in a tournament up there, and it was great. Yeah. Like, the layout was fine. Its conditions were awful because it was right. soggy mess. But the layout. Oh, yeah. It's a great. Check. Great it can, layout. It can bite you. Yeah. Great layout. And, and it, it reminds me... Uh, even though it's just an hour outside the Twin Cities in Buffalo, Minnesota, it's a similar topography that you'd find in the in the North Georgia mountains. It's very similar to a Fazio course at Reynolds Plantation. So, you know, that's uh, one that's got a pretty interesting history because there was something else there and then was replaced. So anyway, that's just a couple examples of some, some golf courses with, uh, you know, a little bit of a history and Montgomery is supposedly haunted and shows up on a list of like, ghost tracking people as a haunted property oh yeah so i have this i have this good friend of mine okay wait i gotta stop you okay go ahead it is haunted because okay. you remember the second day of that <laughs> the club championship last year <laughs> I, yeah there was something there was something so spooky about that yeah john i went i shot even the first day i'm in second three shots behind the guy who shot 300 which was a good score and I'm yeah like, all i gotta do is shoot even again and i'll beat him and he shot a cup four four over or something i think still, he shot, yeah I think he still shot six, six over. Yeah, and he still won, yeah. and I shot like 10 over. Okay, it keeps going down because it was definitely, we started at 13, <laughs> then we went to 12, and you concur that it was 12 over, and now we're back to 10 over. So this story just keeps changing as everything will. But I will tell you something. I have a buddy that is very, very serious about haunting business. I mean, he's got like all the machinery, everything. He's been to all the major sites around the country. He literally goes to, he finds places that, they say that there is spooky stuff and he'll go there and he'll bring his gear and he'll hunt ghosts. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, exactly. Off. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like weird. that, the, the show, what's that show? Ghost, Hunt, Hunt, yeah, ghost hunters. hunters. That's what it is. That's exactly what he does. He spent a lot of time and effort hunting these ghosts. It is, it is haunted. We now have proof that it's haunted, yeah. but it's a, it's yeah, also yeah. a very good golf course and it's getting a lot of attention right now in national media because the owner greg mccush is a passion around music and has branded it as a music themed golf course there's yeah. a little gimmick is there as well and if you took the gimmick away he bought a, a real nice golf course on a um, it's like an ideal golf property and he's pour, pouring money into it so it just keeps getting better and better so yeah you know th those are examples of i think some really fun stories around golf courses that exist and you know, we could we could talk about the top five courses in Minnesota 
ad nauseum about how great they are. But, you know, what I've found as I've gotten out more is you get past that and everything has uh, some interest. And, you know, you can find some things to like about all the golf courses. Yeah, you find these little diamonds in the rough. And I, when I think about golf courses and like weird layouts, some, you know, I always talk about Summit, that part, that horseshoe par five that you can't get there into. You know, I've said that many, many times. And the new ownership actually wanted to make it so you could get there into. I haven't played there. I don't know if they ever changed that. But, like, I think about little quirky things of those diamonds in the rough where you find these courses that have that one hole that you're just like, either it's super unfair or it's super pleasurable. I mean, that hole, for instance, is one that I think of that's just like, there's no way. Well, I think Wild Marsh has that par five that is pretty goddamn memorable along the water. Oh yeah. yeah. That you, it's Seven. not, it's not a yeah. two shot hole. It's, it's memorable for me. Hole. Cause I birdied that hole. That's yeah, the only but, birdie I had, but it's, <laughs> you can't get home in two. If you play yeah. from the back tees. No yeah. I, I've, I've played with you and you drive it. Well, you'd still have uh kind of go, no go as even, would you even try to carry the second, but I played in a scramble event once, and one of the features for those of us lucky to play is that Keith would hit a drive for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Keith could maybe get there in two. <laughs> yeah. Keith, Keith hits it further than a human yeah. when your back gets better. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that's almost untouchable. Number seven, that big dog leg left. And yeah. Got the, that, is, that is the wild marsh, maybe, that the whole course yeah. is named after. Oh, like, so were you at the, what tournament was that? When you were, the one where you were dressed up as oh, Richard, like Richard Simmons. Simmons. You were pretty good sport about that. <laughs> you were pretty good sport about that. I knew you looked familiar. I was wondering, yeah, I got to hit drives all day that day. That's well, when the back was feeling good, yeah. I mean, no no lie. I uh, played with, with Jake recently, and I don't know, what were you, four under on the second nine, three under on the second nine. Uh, no lie, Keith. It's a five ten hole, and he says you get to use my drive if you want. And he drove it, and the ball is within a yard of the one fifty stick. Yeah, so yeah, that smash it. Yeah. that is how far, and and it was straight too. I think if you would, I think if you hit sideways, you were going to hit another one for us just to make sure we had an option. But right, yeah, not many groups were going to pass on that that option. So uh, anyway, you know, I, I wanted to just maybe talk about a couple fun golf courses out there that could be kind of the hidden gem category that are that are maybe under uh, appreciated or under acknowledged yeah, in Minnesota. So, love that, yeah. so I want to I want to throw out one. If you get in the car to go to Summit, stay just one more town and go play in Zambroda. So Zambroda has nine holes. They're about 100 years old. It's through Christmas trees. So a hilly short on the card doesn't play short because of the hill. Um, big Christmas trees lining. So it's challenging. And the townsfolk wanted to go to 18 holes. That's pretty common in Minnesota. We'll have nine. Let's get a second nine. And they brought in an architect at the time. He, he did a couple great jobs, but it, unfortunately, I don't think he stayed in the industry because he just couldn't get enough work. Jeff McDowell. And he went across the parking lot, and now it's rolling prairie. So you have kind of a contrast with uh, old, traditional minimal course you know here's a tee here's a green here's some trees but uh then a very modern design and it's hard to challenge the good players today jake being an example so what he did is he like created like three sections to every green if you're hitting the greens but you're on the wrong third you're probably not able to two putt if they put any pace on the greens which they run pretty fast out there 
So it's par 70, 34 in the front, 36 in the back. And I'll make a, a wager with anyone uh, on a, you know, a bet on a certain number because I think it tips at 6,000. And one of the T's has grown over. It, it's, so it's, <laughs> okay. it's really 59.90 or something. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but uh, it, it sounds easy, but, but uh, well, par 70, that's, that adds like 400 yards. But there's some short holes in there, and then the long holes play tough. And uh, 20-year-old back nine, is just an absolute, you know, just an absolute brute of a golf course. Some great holes, some real rugged terrain. And that's a one that I'd put in the hidden gem category. I think on a weekday, it might be 20 bucks to ride. Really? Is it PCC? What, what is it called? It's called Zumbrota. It's just, yeah, the, the city, it's just called Zumbrota. Yeah, and it's okay. in the town of Zumbrota. And yeah, yeah. Jake just asked the question, you know, is it on the Public Country Club? Some of your listeners might might be Public Country Club members. It is. Okay. And I think all the courses that I would talk about today do. I mean, I just think that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of accessibility for some of the these courses that are, you know, pretty darn good. The other nine holes that I know that same architect did, it, it it's uh cut up so you play you play old and new on each nine but uh malacca has a great fun golf course called stones throw i know it was underwater last week with some flooding after the rains but there's another one and it's uh you know some beautiful new modern holes intermixed with some older stuff that's been there and that's not a hundred year old golf course i think it's about 50 or 60 but um you know real common in minnesota that they go from nine holes to 18 and i got one for you so the big tournament venue, the big modern tournament venue in Minnesota is Hazeltine. They've held Ryder Cup, multiple PGAs, and that was built around 1960, a little bit of an offshoot. Uh, one of the members at Minicata, you know, took the club out of town. And at the time, small town, southern Minnesota, wanted the architect, preeminent architect at the time, Robert Trent Jones, to take a look at their nine holes and stretch it to 18. So if you go down to Winona, used to be called the Winona Country Club. Today it's called the Bridges. It's no longer private. It's daily fee. This is a pretty good pedigree. It was built from going from 9 to 18 by the architect that built Hazeltine, Robert Trent Jones. And, you know, very accessible. I don't know if it's, you know, $45 green fee or something like that. But uh, for those on the Public Country Club, it's included in that membership seven days a week. So... Uh, another one and you know back in the day it had a good reputation as a challenging golf course held the minnesota state four ball and i entered a state am a qualifier there so you know you get out and and see some of these courses they've got a story behind them and the golf is actually pretty good and you know you don't don't get much better than than that i mean the the number one architect of that era that did hazeltine also helped out with the small town giving them an 18-hole course just in his spare time he ran down there and took a look at it so you're a little bit more spoiled with as far as your travel for golf and like what you've seen here in Minnesota, but would you say overall we're really spoiled with golf courses like nationally? Yeah, I, I, I can cite a few reasons I, I'd say for sure, Jake. I think, you know, pretty much every major golf course architect has worked in Minnesota. So if you're a purist, Stanley Thompson did North Oaks. Almost all of his courses are in Canada. He's got a great reputation, but but he did one here, and we've got uh, you know multiple Donald Ross courses, you know, two miles apart, two U.S. Open courses with with Interlochen and Minicata. Uh, you get on the modern side, and you know Bobby Weed, I think, did Stone Ridge, and 
you know, you've got a real good golf course out at uh, Rush Creek. They're hosting the Twin Cities Open right now. And, like, you just drive around and, and say, well, what if I don't have access to the, the private clubs? Well, we've got some great daily fee. What if I don't live in the Twin Cities? Well, you can go to, you know, Owatonna. And I've got a sleeper I'm going to bring up here in a second. I mean, you know, we've got good golf courses all over. What if I don't want to spend $100? Wow, you know, I'm giving you some choices that you might even not even spend forty, right. and you'll yeah. play a, a golf course with a lot of interest, a lot of challenge, and some, some actual architectural merit. So, uh, I, I concur completely. Yeah, I played a course. So I when after I tore my ACL, I played baseball growing up, but I went back to school and um, ended up going down to Rochester, and we played a tournament. It was in Iowa. I think it was Cedar City just right over the border. Don't quote me on this, but you might know more. It, it was like 58, 5,900 yards, but it was very much like you were talking about, about like Zambroda, where it was not easy. Like it was not, like the first hole gave you this bliss that you were going to be able to spray it all day. And that just was not the case. They had the greens rolling fast and firm. And I just, I wish I could remember what the course was called. I, I've I've heard of some nice small town courses in Iowa. I, I'm guessing it might be the same one. Uh, but you mentioned something about your first impression from the first hole, and I want to give you my first impression from not having played it but driven past a golf course in northern Minnesota. So Park Rapids is the town. When you drive through, there's a lot of trees, mm-hmm. and and Minnesotans like trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. don't. I, I you know I'm about to write a book. I, it should be done in, in about. Yep, there I'm done. Yeah, it's the <laughs> comprehensive list of all the great dog legs through trees in yeah. the world, right? So sharp dog legs through trees. It's a short list, but uh, you drive past and it's like, oh boy, that course looks heavily treed. So I never never had a chance to play. It was up there last year and. Headwaters is the name of the course, and it's it's one of Minnesota's absolute gems. I mean, I'm I'm talking in my, you know, it's not a stretch to put it in the top 25 courses in the whole state, metro, private, public. It's just a phenomenal layout. And, uh, you know, you're a great player, Jake. So I wrote down some dates here. If you get a partner, you can go play in there. Two-man, June 10th and 11th. You know, they have a good competition up there. I know Andrew Israelson played in it last year. Uh, another good small town course. Now it's not in Minnesota, but this is just kind of a, a podcast about golf for people around here that could easily get in the car. Spooner is a great golf course. Really? And yeah, Spooner is small town. Is it big fish? No, that's up in Hayward. Got that's it. a Pete Dye course. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's if you make, make a double, I did that double last year, I played big fish and Spooner back to back days, but Spooner is a great golf course. So in, in the growth of the game in our country, at some point, the, the game was popular and everybody wanted to play, but there were no places. So they had to lay out golf courses, but there were no one that knew how to play golf. So they had to go find a Scotsman. So you look at some of the older courses in town, Donald Ross designed the Interlock in Minicata, White Bear. You've got Oak Ridge, the Minneapolis courses designed by another guy. And um, anyway, the golf pro, you ever heard of the Varden grip when they teach you how to the Varden grip? His yeah. brother, Harry Varden's brother was a golf pro at White Bear a Scotsman, and he did uh, U of M, Stillwater. He did the golf course at Spooner and Eau Claire Country Club, which is an um, amazing golf course. Uh, so Spooner had nine holes, and then at some point they expanded that to 18. And it's probably got the toughest finishing stretch from 16, 17, 18, I can, 
I can think of, you know, I, I would put those three holes against anything. And they've got an invitational event coming up July 9th and 10th. And uh, if you just want to go play it for fun on your drive up to play Big Fish, it's uh, another indiv- one. Individual or is it partnered? That, that one's an individual invitational and a great golf course. And you can get your practice round in on the Public Country Club. It's part of that <laughs> system. I think we did that. I think we, we took a trip. We've done a couple trips. I, you know, I went with these guys quite a bit for uh, the Twin Cities Golf Crew, and that's what we did. We went to Spooner, and then we went to Big Fish, and that's how I heard about Big Fish. And it, it was literally a diamond in the rough. I mean, it, very, it was all links, very link style, which I like because <laughs> uh, I don't mind hitting out of thick rough, and I don't hit a lot of fairways. But um, So you, you definitely had a, a, a Keith that was hitting drives all day the day that he saw me was straight yeah so long but that that hayward region's interesting at some point the the state governor legislature someone created a a tourism campaign that that was the golf capital of wisconsin right and a lot of courses were built some of those have subsequently closed uh fun fact in the last 15 years six percent of the courses in the country have closed there hasn't been much new coming on. So, you know, we were overbuilt. We've, we've seen some courses close. So some stuff closed up there. But what's still there, you've got Hayward has an old course, a lot of fun to play. Big Fish, Pete Dyke came in, did a, you know, very nice golf course. It's it's uh, back nine's not the wide open nine. That's no. pretty, the back nine's a little different. That's, yeah, there's there's two sides that, to that. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a hilly, challenging nine. But, uh, you know, you can go to Wisconsin and play a Pete Dyke course at Whistling Straits for – probably close to $500 around by the time you factor in everything. I know you might have to stay there and they have a yeah. caddy program and a green fees high. And you know, the, the, you got the whistling straights, Pete die, or you can go play 40 bucks or maybe it's 60 bucks on the weekend to go play big fish. And that yep. is a public country club card as well. So, you know, that that's uh, just two of them. And then if you draw a donut, maybe a 20 minute ring, there's a lot of good stuff up there that people have fun playing. And some people may hear us talk about these challenging golf courses. If they're not a great player, maybe they want to play something that's a little bit more friendly. And there, there's several that would meet those you know, criterion as well. Yeah. So is there, on your list, is there fewer courses that you haven't played than you have played? Um, you know, I it depends what the geography is. Yeah. Uh, I lived in Orlando a long time, and I think there were only four or five I didn't play. Yeah. Uh, so that was a comprehensive, you know, but in Minnesota, I'm just scratching the surface. I've played a lot. Yeah. I moved away when I was in my twenties and used to play somewhat competitive. You know, we'd enter some weekend events at the small town places and whatnot, but, uh, there's, it's a, it's a pretty big state and a lot of courses were built when I didn't live here from, I suppose it was 95 to 2005 and, um, working my way through them, yeah. Keith, I'm trying to get through those. I, I want to get his opinion about one course for sure. Okay. So they added one to PCC. They must have done it this year, I thought, because it's right next to my cabin. But you want to talk about a short course in the trees that's really hard? Crosswoods? Have you played it? I have not. I've heard very good things. I want to get up there. It is pure. Where is that at? It's like 6,000 yards max. De- Deerwood? 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 It's in like, no, it's in Cross Lake. Oh, right. Cross Lake. Cross it's okay. literally three miles from my cabin. Got it. And being your length... Just throw that out the window because you're not going to need it. There's Just maybe one, irons. maybe one hole. So they've got the course across the street that's like a nine for if people are only going to play nine holes. But the they added another nine, so they have eighteen on the clubhouse side. But that side is like I think max six thousand yards ish, but it's just funneled in trees, and you would love it. It's pure. 
Like the greens are pure, fairways are pure. Is it kind of like a down? There's a place called uh, Eastwood in Rochester. Is that right? It was called. There is. I have not played that. Yeah, that's where we used to practice, and we practiced there for a reason because it was very much like that. It's like yeah. put the driver in the bag. Yeah, there's no driver. Well, Olstead was kind of that it. way. Yeah, and you know, I, I said there really hasn't been much to replace those lost courses. So there is one that just opened up in the Brainerd area, and it's not a full 18, but the gravel pit is getting a lot of attention. It's been written up uh, both locally and nationally. That's the new trend where you just grab a couple clubs and you don't need a full bag and maybe more of a social golf around a wild carnival style, I'm guessing. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but but yeah. uh, the, the one at, at Sand Valley is kind of carnival style. And then another one that, that's got my attention, um, if you know that entrance road into Hazeltine, there was a executive course on the entrance and I think the history there is they, they had it for the club and they didn't want it. So the city had run it for a lot of years. Well, that's been closed and is being regrassed. It's coming back as the loop mm. at Chaska. And it's got some little hook where it's really designed to, I think, attract people to golf that may not be golfers. So not quite like a top golf. It's not, it's not that much of a, a social setting. But, you know, I have the impression from the stuff I've been reading, and it should be open later this year, you know, if you wanted to grab, you know, three irons, a putter, and bring your dog and walk around with your kids, it might be a, a suitable place for that. I can't tell if there's a green fee or not. There's some foundation that's been working with the city to get this thing built, and they had to get the, the money raised. But um, it's been written up in Minnesota Golfer Magazine, read about it in some national press as well. And it's it's got an accessibility theme trying to bring the game to non-golfers. And as you know, it's a great game. It's, it's got expensive. It's it's got some <laughs> barriers, right? It's yeah. it's no fun. It's it's just not. I mean, yeah. like if you can't play golf, <laughs> it's frustrating. You're yeah. not going to go play golf with people that can. It take it's a huge hurdle to get up, you know, up that curve, and it's costly. Who's going to spend the money to, to buy the equipment or take the lessons? And it takes a lot of time. And this is addressing all of those. Yeah. It's just knocking down all those barriers. And you know, we're going to create some great players out of it. Maybe not many, but we'll probably get some more people that enjoy the lifetime benefits of it. It's got a huge recreational component. Read a study this week that even if you're in a golf car, you're getting quite a bit more exercise than if you were not doing something that day. So, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of benefits to just playing. So those are a couple things that are, are kind of exciting um, up by now. That's my double Jake. I'm going to go play Crosswoods. Dude, I, when I go, there, I'll go up there. When Crosswoods, when I go play the gravel pit, that's my double when I go up that way. Yeah. We got to have a double in Annandale, too. What's Annandale? Whispering Pines and Annandale Golf Club. I I have not played Southwood. Okay, Southwood I have not yeah. played I have not played Whispering Pines, but last weekend I got blown off the map out at Albion. Jeez. Yeah. Turned down the fan. <laughs> oh, so yeah. those courses are pretty good, I've heard. I just haven't had a chance to get out to Annandale yet. Yeah, Whispering Pines is very much, you know, shot shapers course it's not for the faint of heart um the golf club out there is um kind of the two sides kind of thing links and then woods you know it seems to be a theme quite a bit in these you know outer suburbs towns and things i've seen that a lot have you seen that quite a bit as far as you have one nine that's open and one nine that just destroys you yeah i think it's i think it's pretty common um as they find land you know maybe it's not all the same and 
you know, let's just be honest. You know, somebody asked me, there was a newer golfer, what Lynx land is. And I explained to him the ocean leaving the sediment over hundreds of years. You, you, you recently took the trip to Ireland yeah. and like Lynx in the United States is basically like, we give up. Like we, we had some yeah. bad land with no, no defining characteristics, but we wanted golf. So we put 18 holes out there or nine in this case. And, <laughs> oh, it's real. It's Lynx like, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So, you know, we, we do have a course that I, I played Greystone under drought played very much like a, it was windy and it played like a Lynx course, but a lot of times Lynx is just kind of code word for like it, the saplings haven't grown yet yeah, or flat. something, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's flat, not interesting, Here, we'll but let some bull rush grow or whatever the yeah. stuff's called. Right. That's like that's a fun golf course. So what's on your list? Yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna get recovered here. You're gonna mend oh, that back. Do you so. have do you have some courses on your wish list that you're gonna see for the first time? Jake, anything you're gonna see for the first time? I I, I get excited not about uh only the courses that I'm gonna go play, but I like hearing people coming back from Tory Pines or coming back from uh, what was your head cover from Royal Port Rush? Uh, Royal Port Rush, County Down. County Down, yeah. Which County Down is obviously the mecca of golf, I think, in the the whole world. I mean, where else would you want to go? Yeah. I mean, what what's in front of it? St. Andrews. No. When I when I played it, it was number three in the world, and Murfield was number one, and Murfield's not scenic, so yeah, uh, you know, I think it's ranked number six in the world. Right? Is that, anyway, but so what's next? I mean, that was last year. It was a great trip. But what's next for you guys? I'm gonna. I'm doing whistling straights. I'm, you know, that's one of the things that I haven't played there yet. Do you have your Do you have your itinerary booked? Yeah. So there's a guy that does it every year, and I'm always on the list to be asked. And I don't know why, but I'm either always injured or busy. But it sounds like this year, towards the summertime, is when we go. It sounds like hopefully I'm mended and I can go. Yeah. Well, on the drive over or back, if you haven't seen it, Lasonia Links is just a step back in time. It's like. The course was so remote, nobody ever came in and messed it up by planting a bunch of saplings. Yeah. So it's this rugged gem, and that, that's. But anyway, it'd be worth the stop. So Whistling Straits will be a bomb, though. That'll just be a blast. I know. I'm excited for that. And then there's a course I think it's called Greyhawk in. Uh, Heard of it? Arizona. Yeah. We're gonna play yeah. that this coming winter. Yeah. That was on our list. So that's pretty much why I've played basically everything around here to death. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I'm supposed to go to Sand Valley with my father-in-law. I don't know what dates, end of July, I think. And then um, uh, his brother is a member at Aaron Hills. Nice. So, like, he, come on out. Let's go. I'm like, hey, Jake. Okay. Hey, Jake. I'll get, like, three quarters on shots if you can make that happen. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I haven't played it yet. But, yeah, he... uh Says anytime you want to come out. Nice. Well, when you go to Sand Valley, it's kind of an interesting uh, trend. You know, the the pendulum when we had so much new course construction through the '90s and 2000s was all these courses wanted to be hard, hard, hard. Mm-hmm. And the pendulum swung the other way right now, where a lot of people have recognized you don't have to have a, a beat you up golf course. Gamble Sands is one in was in Washington State that gets mentioned all the time. But the other one that this is not going to punish you overly and you can get around and probably shoot a good score on your trip is Mammoth uh, Mammoth Dunes. So Sand Valley and Mammoth Dunes are the two 18-hole courses that are that are ready now on your trip. But um, that's it's a lot of fun to play. And, you know, you aren't the fairways pretty big and yeah, you're yeah. not going to lose a ball is what I heard. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun out there. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> 
you know, it's just kind of interesting that, that some of these high-end big-ticket resorts are doing something that was unheard of 25 years ago, and that's giving you a playable golf course where you're actually going to shoot a good score. Yeah. Well, so, and it, that's I think that's why I chose uh, Giants Ridge for the trip. A, there's two courses, but I think they're fairly playable. Yeah, the quarry's a little tougher. A little bit. I mean, the quarry, you're going to have guys that are losing balls, but... Yeah, but you played everything as a lateral. It's really not that yeah. bad. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of sticks out there. Stakes out there. Everything's no. just like just lateral just or play natural. it as lateral. But but what's the other one up there? Is it Fountain Valley? No. What's that? What's that one? You're talking uh, at the casino. Wil- wilderness? Yeah, Wilderness. Fortune Bay. Fortune Bay, yeah. I haven't played that There's one. guys going up early to play that okay. on Thursday. That's the one I haven't played up north. We we had our sections at Giants Ridge, so I played that course eight times. Yeah, our trip has know. gone there a few times. What do you, Just have you been there? Year. No, so I, by virtue of of some um, travel intersecting, I, I've become pretty good friends with Jeff Brower, the architect that did those three golf courses, the yeah. two at Giants Ridge and and Wilderness. And I got a note from him about six weeks ago, inviting me. They have, I think it's the twentieth or twenty fifth year. Uh, I think it's the legend might be the first the legend, 20, yeah. 20, that might be the first course at Giants Ridge. Yep. So anyway, there's an event commemorating it, and he said, I'm pretty sure I can get you in, in the group. So yeah. uh, I'm assuming in June I'll be playing it with Jeff, so a month from now, and that'll be my first trip. He used to tell me all the time, you know, I didn't live in Minnesota. He's like, go play go play Quarry, go play Quarry. So of all the courses he's done, which is over over 60 courses, I think he feels that's kind of his uh, magnum opus, kind of his defining his defining work. I know some people like the wilderness better as a golf course, et cetera, but Jeff had a chance to work on a pretty radical, dramatic property for Corey. So that's going to be my first time, and I'm trying to extend my trip uh, to awesome. see some of those. I, I, he didn't have his flights, but I don't know how long he's coming for. I hope he'll stay around a few days and maybe knock them all out with me. But I'm it's looking forward to getting up there. A huge skiing town too, Boabic, up there. So yeah. they they hold uh, a lot of the state championships and stuff up in Boabic there for like slalom and things of that nature. So yeah. it's a it's a neat little neighborhood. There's a there's a little pizza shop in town. You gotta you gotta stop there. That's kind of one of those things that you just gotta do when you're when you're up in the staple. Or, yeah, it's a staple. I can't remember yeah. what it's called, some Italian name, but um uh it's the only pizza shop in town. You kinda go down the main strip there and it's good old Bawabic, Minnesota, you know, and then these are just gems of golf courses just sitting up on the hills. Yeah, yeah so. it's it's funny you started out the show talking about how Tory Pines is is by definition a municipal golf course. Yeah. And, um, Giants Ridge is a state project. That was a, a state tourism project yeah. to drive traffic. So that's state, you know, some type of state ownership. So, you know, municipal golf as well. And those are some pretty high end courses for this state. So we've got a great, you know, the more I think about your question, like, yeah, Minnesota is a great <laughs> state. Dragons, yeah. Deacons, Madden's. I mean, it's just like, I, I hope that I have on. a better experience at Madden's than I did the first time I played it. It's hard. I, I did, it wasn't that for me. It was the, oh. I thought the greens were going to be a lot better condition, and they just weren't when I was up there. But hopefully, second time's a charm for me. And, and you know, you, you're talking some stuff that might be north, and I'm thinking south. I still haven't played Dakota Ridge. Oh, my God. Okay. And, and the next time I go to Dakota Ridge, I'm going to go play. I've always wanted to see the golf course at Redwood Falls, which is supposed to be amazing. Yeah. And Redwood Falls, just the topography around that. It's just a special area. 
And another sleeper, if, if nobody's played it yet. Uh, Jewel. Farmers Golf and Health in Sanborn, Minnesota. Great Joel Goldstrand designed nine-hole golf course. Yeah, there you go. I played tournaments there. You've played farmers? Oh, really? Yeah. That's because, fun, isn't it? Yeah, because so we have some farmer friends that live in Lamberton, which is like literally five, 10 miles away. So every time there's a scramble, they always call. God, we're getting real Minnesotan now. Call the ringer. Out there in Lamberton. Well, you know? that's where it is. Yeah. So the, the Red Wing, too. What? Red Wing has a... A really scenic golf course. Red Wing's close? got a lot of good golf courses. Yeah, so, yeah. so Red Wing has Mount Frontenac. I mentioned. Yeah. Red Wing itself, it's called Red Wing Country Club, was nine holes expanded to eighteen. It, it tastes very uh, the the additional land for expanding from nine to eighteen wasn't as conducive to golf. So there's a couple weird holes. Yeah. Um, eight nine, and then on the back there's a couple more. But that's that. I'd love to play that core nine twice and then mississippi highlands i my son who's a florida golfer he was up here got to a couple tee boxes start snapping pictures because he hadn't really seen that radical elevation Nobody's change there. and i think good players tend not to like some of the tricked up holes but mississippi nationals lowlands golf course is an absolute just an absolute rock star of a golf course and i think they've got uh which you said that when we played and I'm like, I've never played the lowlands. I've only played the highlands and I'm like, I'm just not that interested in it. Yeah. When because hitting, there's some weird, there's a hundred and, you know, 112 yard par three that you got to basically hit your putter. Yeah. The lowlands. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not even that it's like 75 yards. Yeah. yeah. Well, for, first off, Red Wing is one of the world's greatest cities for golf. Like if you look at the the population, the course options they have, the price point. Um, it's not a surprise they're turning out some of the top golfers in Minnesota. The yeah. state open champion is a college age player from Red Wing. On the women's side, they've had multiple girls playing Division One golf. Like it's not it's not an accident. That place is that is an amazing place. Yep. But I, I tell you, uh, Jake, I'll go down there with you. If if you play Lowlands, it fits very competitively with Minneapolis, St. Paul's second rung private club. So I'm talking it would it would go head to head with a you know the Wyzettas of the world. Southview? It's, it's gotta be a better golf course than South. You know they're Tom Varden design by the way. Um no it's it's a real good golf course. Um you know I'm not not yeah. gonna put it in that lofty status with the the top private clubs that have uh you know hundred years of history and have hosted US opens but the next rung uh, certainly with, you know, your Medinas and yeah. um, Indian Hills. It's, like Edina didn't really impress Bendico. me. Oh, so, yeah, it's a better golf course than Edina. Okay. It's more interesting. Oh, uh, Mississippi Nationals, Lowlands golf course is capable of, of holding, like, qualifier. You can't really hold a qualifier at Highlands. It's a little bit goofy. Yeah. You, know, you know, you'd have a guy out there watching balls and these qualifiers. But Lowlands is being used. I can't remember which event has something there this year, but um, – Lowlands is great. I'll go down there with you anytime. So Red Wings got not just one. They've got like five great golf yeah, courses. I think we only played one out there. But then you have, you know, Lake City and the Jewels just down, you know, down the I just played I just played Lake City for the first time. Okay. Yeah, that was our home course. So we, we when I was in Rochester, that's where we played. Um, and it was it was eighteen holes. Eighteen, yep. So there was an old nine and they kept what's now nine through fourteen. They kept six old holes. Yep. And I guess they gave up the other land for the driving range and then put in the new holes. 
And I really liked it. I mean, that's just, just a great. And then Lake City's got Lake City, Lake Pepin, and the Jewel in a town of, I don't even think there's 10,000 people yeah, around there. it's crazy. It reminds me a lot of like Casino Course kind of feel. You know, I, I like yeah. it. That's how the fairways sit and how the greens sit for me is that casino style kind of course. They could put a resort, you know. Yeah, when you get across the road, those newer holes, it's all the challenge you want. You know, 200 yard part three, the next one, it could, not that I was riding, but I couldn't have easily fit a golf car through the fairway. It was no. so tight. And yeah, then the yeah. dog leg left. And then 18 was just a monster. Yeah, 18's a beast. T shell is narrow. So, uh, yeah. And so you, you were down there. Did you go past that to get down and play down in Winona? Because you're getting kind of close. I didn't. I played in Rochester. I didn't never okay. played the Winona stuff because we were we were only we were D three, so we didn't play like yeah Winona like, State. Yeah, we didn't play Winona State or MSU or anything like that. We played like Brainerd, and that's why we our regions was always in Giants, Giants Ridge. Ridge. Yeah. So, well, what's next on your list? I guess other than going up to Giants Ridge, what what are courses are you looking forward to playing either this year or coming up or things yeah. that you have in the docket? Great question. I've never played at uh, Pekegama. And since I moved away and moved back, that that you know that run where they built all those new courses, I know people really like the one they built in in Coleraine called Eagle Ridge Eagle. So there's there's kind of a double up there if I can get to the Iron Range, and then I know there's something past Hayward that was added to the Public Country Club in the town of Cable that's supposed to be worth seeing. So next time I go up to Hayward Spooner, Hayward Big Fish, and that. Uh, possibly getting over to maybe Voyager Village. Uh, so there's there's a few there. So got a, got a few things that I, I hope to knock out this this year. Yeah, before we uh, before we wrap up the pod, I do want to say, since we're talking about golf courses, I will tell you my my favorite. I think I've played, and is is Hayward, California, right outside of San Francisco? Yeah, that sounds right. TPC Stonebrae. Yeah, yeah, loved it. I just I dream about going back there. I want to say that was the host of a of a. That's where Xander shot his fifty eight at Corn Ferry, yeah. whatever the tour was called. Yeah, Xander shot his fifty eight there. Yeah, just awesome. I've heard it's real good. Loved it. It's Steph Curry. Jerry. Rice I was gonna say stuff. Steph Curry almost a, made the cut there. Yeah, he's a member there. It's Jerry Rice is a member there. Crazy. That was a lot of fun. If we ever <laughs> take a trip out there, because I have not played Harding Park yet. I've seen it and I've been in the, the pro shop, but the, that's another, you know, Muni, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, as well. for sure. Yeah, that's where Colin Morikawa won the PGA, if I'm not I mistaken. I got to pick one course when we went out there for our baby moon, and uh, I picked Sombre <laughs> over Harding Park, but I did go there. But I'd like to go back out there and play, the, play those two courses, have like a trip out there. I'd love to do that, kind of like how we did down in uh, in San Diego. But that, uh, that would be one for me that I'd like to go back out to. Uh, what would you guys think places that you would love uh, well, obviously you would want to go back to well yeah i'd rather i'd go to europe first but yeah. if i'm going to stay in the states i really want to get down to missouri and play branson yeah play yeah. the resort course yeah courses i've heard they're all three, great the, all of it just take me there yeah i mean because that's like a family destination like you go to that isn't doesn't the guy who owns bass pro shops didn't that's who's behind that's the golf his, there that's behind the, how everything. hard would it be to get down there I mean, is it's it, not. Is it booked it's just out? Just a drive, right? You, you get all the looky loose from all the Ozark fans that. Uh, yeah. You know, uh. No, no, that's very. It's it, they're they're expensive golf courses for a daily fee. I'm told, but they're uh, for new golf courses, and as much as you know, like some people might have a connotation that a 
Branson golf may not be great. No, they're supposed to be great. So um, for me, I, I'm kind of looking like a couple states away if I left Minnesota. I want to get up to Marquette and play Gray Walls. I have not uh, talked to people, but when I look at stuff, uh, you can find some nice videos online for Gray Walls. And that's, I don't know, seven hours maybe to the Upper Peninsula. And if I uh, went out west, I'd like to see Bully Pulpit in North Dakota. Maybe the links are Red Mike Ranch and Hawk Tree. So three in North Dakota as well. I've never played in the Dakotas before. Yeah, me neither. And, you know, we talk about leaving the state, but we have so don't, much. We don't have we, to. We don't have to. We really don't have to, no. <laughs> like, I, I used to be kind of a snob about golf courses, not because they weren't up to my expectations or I couldn't play them well. That that's how I used to rate them. Like right. if I, oh, it's lined to trees. I spray it all over, so this golf course sucks. You don't like take now, it all in, yeah. Now I can hit the ball where I want, and it changes the whole dynamic. Like even when we went out to Valleywood, I despised that golf course for years and years and years. And then they made some changes just so just so the pace of play and the finishing holes are just better. I mean, because they were so hard before, and now. You can go out there, and it's a challenge. You have to hit every club in your bag. The greens are huge, but they're sloped, so if you do get on the wrong side, you got a big, long, sweeping, you know, putt, and you can get in the wrong side of the hole. The, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's so good. I, I think I, Jake just wrote the foreword to my book about how there's no great sharp doglegs through heavily treed yeah. forests, <laughs> right? You know, you, you showed me where they took the trees out, and, um, you know, the corridors are wide enough for the, the fairway to breathe and the grass to grow. And you can actually, you know, pull your drive a couple of years. We, we, we played with a third. Um, he, he had the lefts going. He just kept pulling everything. But he was able to get it in play, whereas in the old course, I suppose gone. they're all getting knocked down or, yeah, or they're gone. And uh, it's, you know, uh, for recreational golf, we don't need to identify uh, someone that can get through a U.S. Open qualifier at, yeah, Delwood. We just got to get guys that can keep pace and finish in four hours and let everybody enjoy the Speaking day. Speaking of pace, I said we were going to close this down, but I, you brought up pace of play. Worst pace of play golf course you've ever played. Go. <laughs> I mean, it's a long list. It, yeah. any, anything with tourists down in Orlando in the winter. It, it, it was with golf cars. I just put five hours in my calendar and decided to enjoy the day rather than sweat yeah. it. So I, I, it's just, it's really when you just try to pump too many people through a course. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most rounds when they're, when you're playing in the middle of the day on a weekend, you just plan on five hours. What, what about you? The worst pace of play. It's in a small town of Farmington. Where? Southern Hills. Yes. Well, you can't play. It depends on when you play. If I tee off at 6 a.m. and I'm walking with a buddy, we can get done in three hours. Well, yeah, or less. you gotta be the first ones out. Correct. I've never had a longer round there, non-scramble. That's why I like Valleywood, because I can just hop on, and I'm done in three hours, three and a half, and bye. I mean, scrambles, you go in, you understand it's going to be a long day. But when you're going out there, and you're just playing. We played in Jeremy's last year, that out at White Eagle. Yeah. And it was seven and a half hours. (sighs) That was the longest round I've ever had. That sounds like college golf. (laughs) It was just terrible. Seven and a half hours. Anything locally? That you've played that's just been like you know I, I i'm not gonna pin it to the venue and really just say it's more a function of the time that you know yeah. there was some nice days last year going out on a saturday afternoon and everybody in town was out and 
you know, it just is, is slow. I think and it's great. I think it's more venue. Uh, I mean, it's more conditions of, of the the day and the weather than it is venue specific. I think me. that's the toughest thing you playing in Minnesota is that you get such a short time and that's why it really, and it, and I say Southern Hills, but I can mention a, a whole slew of them as well. I just played that course more often. It's probably why it pops in my brain more, but when you can only play so many months out of the year in Minnesota, everybody 75 and sunny and no their wind. cousins come everybody's out. taking everybody's their day off. there i think i think that's matter. a i think that's a good point i mean jake and i are, are uh people that were we're into double digits this year with number of rounds right like yeah. we we went out in april yeah. but you know i don't fault people for being a fair weather golfer it's not fun to go out when it's cold and windy and overcast so no. when you take the seven month season that we enjoy and say what's the real good weather you know, maybe if you want to play with your spouse, right? Like maybe, maybe they're not as into golf, but they'll go with you if it's nice. Or maybe there's, you know, people that they're just creaky in the morning if it's cold. They, then you're getting down to maybe three months. Yeah, July, August, September, maybe. Yeah, but Memorial June. Day to Labor Day, right? Yeah. right? I mean, Memorial Day to Labor Day is, is the sweet spot where you can count on good weather every day. So, uh, yeah, do I fault the owner of the golf course for deciding I'm going to run, you know, as many people through there as I can on the couple days when I can really make some money? I don't fault them at all. Yeah. So Eight minute, eight minute gap. <laughs> Maybe no. not even that. And that's why I choose to not play after a certain time on the weekends. Yeah. Unless it's a tournament. Right. I mean, I just, I just won't do it. So, yeah. And that's why I mean more, more but, private clubs. But I, up, but. as well as you and John, we have the flexibility to just go out in the weekday and pick a course that's not as highly trafficked. And we go walk around and it's three, four hours. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you can spin it pretty quick, but, but since we're on this topic, we, we have to put something to bed. Cause I saw it was a topic on golfing Minnesota yesterday. Which course is better? Troy burn or stone Ridge. I've never played Stone Ridge or Troy Byrne. John? I've not played Troy Byrne. Uh, I have played Stone Ridge. I think it's a very good golf course. I'd say it's excellent. So, you know, I, I, I think it's nice that you can have these conversations and the answers. They're probably both great, great daily fee options. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think they're have both. Have you played really, both? Yeah. Yeah. They're both way up there. My I've done uh, houses off of Troy Byrne construction. You've so never played it. Troy Byrne? Never played it. Never played Stone Ridge either. Oh, Wow, we need to make a day of that. Just to do both? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe back to back. That hurts. They're that not just, that bad. They're, what, 100 bucks? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that I think, that, me I think they're at that upper range of daily fee in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you're listening to this podcast and you don't want to spend $100 to play golf, uh, I can give you some real good options in, in the area. Bristol Ridge is a real challenging golf course just north, and Clifton Highlands is a couple miles from from Troy Burn. And uh, if you want something in the Twin City Metro that's not 100 bucks, more of the $50 range, Keller. Keller's just lots of good things about I've Keller. I've heard great things about Keller. I drive past it like every day. So, okay, let's, let's I'll close my contributions to this. Uh, which golf courses in the Twin Cities have hosted a PGA Tour event? Besides the normal. Right now they're at the TPC. Yep. They've played at Hazeltine. Hazeltine. Yep. So you've got some U.S. Opens, Interlock, and Minicata. Yep. Did Edinburgh ever? 
Um, they had the women, so the LPGA, yeah, the Bunker yeah. Hills had the senior tour. Yeah. Uh, we've got Keller had the St. Paul Open. That's what made me think of it. And believe it or not, one year the tour went to Braemar. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So I think that's I think that's it. Uh, there were some big amateur events back in the day at places like when, when were they and, at Braemar? I think in the late 60s, right after it was built. It was built one around year. 64. I think it only came one year. And I think they had a pretty full field without the big players of the time, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player. I think everybody else came. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Well, I played that course once. What? Braemar. I can't remember. I we I played it more than once, but I just don't remember it. Yeah, it was closed for a couple of years and redone, mm-hmm. and it went from twenty seven back to eighteen holes, and it's a little different than it used to be. But it's it's uh, you know it meets the market. It's it's got a good location. They've got a lot of city residents that are, are patrons, yeah, and they run a full tee sheet all day every day, and the golf course is um, not difficult for high level players. They had a section event there for the the PGA. And uh, club pros, I think half of them broke seventy. Yeah. So you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's not going to make a list of anything. Like if you're in Minnesota, you got to go see Braemar. But uh, the old course back after it was built did host a PGA Tour event one year. So wow. wow. Well, speaking of courses you can play, you have an opportunity, a chance to play around at TPC Twin Cities if you enter the challenge. Now, we talked about this match. It's going to be pushed out a little bit, so it gives you a little bit more time to pick. But it's Jake Miller and Garrett Eamond versus myself, Keith Hendricks, and Mitchell Scrimger. And hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. I'm hoping that the doc can figure me out quicker than uh, than what I think it's going to take. But um, if you choose... Where are you playing that match? Victory Links. We we picked it out of a hat. Yep, Victory Links and Blade. So we picked four courses. We picked it out of a hat, and he picked Victory. So yeah, I don't have a long time to go. It was Prestwick, Victory Links. Chaskatown course. Chaskatown course and somewhere. Oh, not Willingers. What, what was it south? What was it? Hastings, maybe? Dakota Ridge? No, I don't think Yeah, it was Dakota Ridge. Was it? Yep. God, I wish yep. it was Dakota Ridge. I love that course. You picked it. So we're playing at Victory Links, and that's when the match is. The match, that's what it is. Whenever we can play it is whenever we can play it. Uh, but if you go onto our website, we will have a poll up, and all you have to do is comment who you think is yep. going to win. If you're in that lucky pool, we have some entries already. I think we have about 10 entries right now yeah. looking for more. But whoever's on the winning side and you pick correctly, you'll also go into a hat for a drawing for yourself. Uh, a buddy, and then you get to play with uh, Jake and myself. So at TPC Twin Cities, all expenses paid round uh, out there. I'll even buy the drinks. It it sounded like a big draw to get to play the TPC of the Twin Cities with the the venue for the PGA Tour, and then find out the kicker is it's with you two. So the prize just went went up like a couple more levels. Skyrocketed. You're going to want to win that. Particularly when there's an open tab. I think the the match is going to be videoed. And I think we should invite John to be our commentator yeah oh right my gosh this is, this is gonna be like john the, is in his own car and is commentating i'll be like though i'll be like mike's wife on the good good videos <laughs> it'll be jim nance it'll be a lot of jake miller just duffed a chip again just duffed another chip i want in on this match <laughs> and he makes a pot for bogey good for him uh, anywho so that's what's coming up on the docket thank you so much for joining us on miller and drixie's uh we are going to be going live on spotify here soon so thank you for your patience and watching us on youtube as far we're getting a good enough following that it's time to open up a page on that that way you can listen to us on your commute to work or wherever your heart desires for now that's us signing off 
Bye. Cause I'ma need that how you feel, man. Cause I'ma need that how you feel, man.